Father God, as we enter into this word, Lord. Father, we thank you for the fulfilling of your Holy Spirit. You are here and you are doing a work. So, Father God, as I empty of myself, Father, I just ask God that you will truly help us to look at the cross in a different light, Lord. Help us to see the cross and the sin that you bore for our sins, God. And help align us, God, to do the will that you have saved us for, Father. We thank you that you sent your precious Son as a sacrificial offering for us. And he did the will of the Father, God. He completed his assignment. And this morning, God, we ask you to help us to follow the ways, walk in obedience, so that we too can fill our assignments, God. That we can become Christians, God, that love God, that express our love to you, that share, Father God, that carry one another's burdens, are full of love and full of the Holy Spirit, and are being used by you in magnificent and wonderful ways. In Jesus' name we pray and we thank you. Amen, amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Oof. My soul is just overflowed this morning with just the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. I'm telling you, I'll be so glad when this knee is over and it's fixed. I can take off running. Hallelujah. And give God praise like I want to give him praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. As we are um, entering into this, this very holy, holy week. Amen. Uh, this is the the week where Jesus entered into, made his triumphal um, entry into the city. Uh, and there was a huge celebration of, upon his entry where the people were realizing that this is the Savior, this is the Messiah. Some were realizing that. There were all kind of spectators uh, at the city because his, he had grown, become so popular uh, because of the healing, because of, of the deliverance, because of all that he was doing. And so there were those who were there because of his salvatical power, because of his healing. There were those who were there because they just simply loved him. There were those who were there because they had become followers of Christ. There were those that were there just to be nosy, just to see what was going on. There were those that were there that were watching him because they were fearful that he was going to overthrow the Roman kingdom. Amen. He thought that many of them thought that he was coming to take over. So you have a very mixed crowd of people that were there at this uh, triumphal entry. But they were throwing, laying palm branches on the ground as he entered and they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and Jesus is riding on this, in, through this triumphal uh, city and knowing that before him, before the week was over, that he would face death. But he, but he, was, he was God enough to understand that I'm going to allow, I'm going to let them see the greatness of my father. And then I'm going to allow them to see the greatness of my Father in a much more physical way. 
So it was a time of rejoicing. It was a time of festivities. The Passover was coming. Everyone, many had came into the city to celebrate the Passover and to celebrate and, and see this king. Some of them had never, never seen Jesus, but they had heard about him. So they were all excited about, about coming and just putting their, laying their eyes on the man that they have heard, heard about. But as we go on into the narrative, we see as Jesus was, had personal time with his disciples in the upper room, speaking to them and telling them of what was about to take place, how one of them would betray him, how he must go to the cross, how he must die, how he must uh, give his life for, our, for their sins and for our sins. Many of them were like, oh, no, 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 no. No, that's not the way it's going to go down. We're with you. We got your back. No one's going to take your life. We, we, we're, we're with you. And an argument breaks out about who will be the best, who will be the, be who will be the greatest in the kingdom, because even the disciples didn't understand the full grasp of what was about to take place. They thought God was going to come, that Jesus was coming in, and he was going to overturn, and that they would be risen up. They would be the governing body. They really didn't understand what the cross meant. And as many times as Jesus had sat with them and told them, it still was not clicking in their heads. And we see them arguing. We see where Jesus is telling Peter, Peter, my beloved Peter, you're going to deny me three times before the crock crows. And Peter gets indignant and tells Jesus, I will never deny you. I will never deny you. You know, Peter was that rough, that rough disciple. Peter was the one with the mouth. Peter was the one that, that worked with his hands and his feet. <laughs> you know, Peter would run up on you and let you have it. And God was like, uh, Jesus, excuse me, was saying, Peter, you're going to deny me. And Peter was just, you know, just like, man, I got you. And the disciples were just excited for what was to come in the natural but they did not know what was getting ready to take place in the spiritual. And so as we see this triumphal entry, as we see uh, Jesus with his disciples and, and telling them and uh, making them aware, this I don't know how many more times I have to tell you, but this is about to go, go down. And then he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane where he invites them to come and he invites them to pray. He said, just, just pray with me a while because he was all God and all man at the same time. And the fear, uh, the anxiety of what was about to take place began to crawl up on him, began to, to creep into him. And he goes to the Garden of Gethsemane where, he's, where he prays to the Father and he asks his disciples, will you pray with me? Will you pray with me? And he goes up, up he, he, he takes a, walks a little ways from him, and he begins to speak to the Lord. And he begins to ask his father, who he was always connected to, always speaking to. He asks him, Father, if there's any way we can do this differently, if there's any way this cup can pass, please, God, let it pass. And then he says a profound statement, nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, not what I think should happen, not, not, not my will, God, but thine will be done. Because Jesus knew what cru crucifixion was. He knew the pain. He knew the, the, the toil. He knew the, the, the death of crucifixion. He knew all that it carried. 
and his physical body was just not ready. And he began to drop tears or, or sweat drops of blood. That's just how intense and in prayer he was, trying to figure out, can I sustain this? Am I able in my flesh man, is my flesh man able to do this? Can I take what's about to come? Should I take what's about to come? Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Amen. Say hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. We thank him for the, never, the nevertheless. Amen. Hallelujah. So this morning, we want to take a look at the cross. We want to take a look at this symbol in Christianity that means so much. We wear it on our neck. When we see the cross, we, we have reverence for it. We, 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 we say prayers and we remember what Christ did. But before that cross was a point of reverence, a point of, 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 of love, it was a place. It was a place where the Romans killed people. When you would enter into a city, you would often see bodies hanging on the cross. It was a form of punishment. It was a form of, of the death sentence. <laughs> it was a form that was used. It was, it was, it was a modern-day lynching. It was a modern-day electrocution. That's the way that they dealt with those who had broken the law, who had murdered, who had done heinous crimes. And so often, in, and when, you, when you look at um, historical movies about, uh, about the history, you will see people on the cross. Sometimes they had been there and birds were picking at them and pestilence and everything. Their body was decaying. And so the cross was a symbol of death. But oh, <laughs> when Jesus bore the cross for us, all of that's changed. So there's an old hymn and it says, must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. There is a cross for everyone and there is a cross for me. So this morning we're going to look at how Jesus bore that cross. We're going to look at how Jesus dealt with the cross and how we should deal with the cross. So we know that Jesus lived a life of obedience and trust, fulfilling his assignment, fulfilling what God had called him to do. You never in scripture see Jesus slipping up, Jesus stepping out of line, Jesus not waking up and doing exactly what the Father had, had told him to do. He, work, he woke up to worship. He woke up to the voice of his Father. He stayed in line with what God had called him to do. And that's why he was such a popular guy. Amen? He would wake up in the morning and have an assignment because he knew exactly what God had laid out for him. He knew where he would encounter people. He knew the strength, the healing, and the power that was within him. And so as he walked around healing people, delivering people, casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, people were absolutely awed by him. 
They were awed by the power that came out of him. They were awed by the fact that he never allowed anyone to get under his skin. Even though he was being drugged from court to court, beaten and spat upon, talked about, asked over and over, so are you God? If you say I am. He never said anything. He never said a mumbling word. He didn't get into a debate. He didn't try to do anything to get out of it or argue his point, unlike us, amen. He simply stayed focused on what the will of the Father was. And that lets us know today that when we come into tough situations, that we should always address it in the will of the Father. God, how do you want me to handle this? They have scandalized my name. I have lost my job. They got me all on social media talking about me. But God, how, what is my response? What is, I can defend myself because I can, I can actually rightly defend myself. But God said, Jesus didn't say a mumbling word. He knew who he was. He could have took them out. 10,000 angels could have ascended and taken him. But he stood in, in the, the midst of all of that adversity because he knew he was God. He knew what his assignment was. He knew that that cross awaited him. And he, he didn't want to do anything that would forfeit the design of his, of his coming to earth. He knew that God had called him and he knew that God had given him an assignment. And I'm telling you this morning, God has given each of us an assignment. God has called us each to do his will. And it is important that we focus in on our, our father, focus in on what he wants us to do so that we can be like Jesus. Amen? So as we approach Res 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 Resurrection Sunday, we are eager to celebrate this miraculous work of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. His resurrection is our assurance that, but, that upon our death, Upon, uh, upon our salvation, that upon our death, that we will see him again, that we will be with him in, in eternity, that we will know him in the fullness of his life, and that we will see the fullness of our life. But before we get to heaven, amen, we have a cross to bear. We have a cross that we must bear, just as Jesus did. And as we have received his forgiveness, we have received his power. We have received his Holy Spirit. We have received his love. We too have everything in us to bear the cross. So Jesus' sole purpose for entering the earth realm was to save us from our sins. Amen? We can all quote John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So Jesus came to present to us everlasting life, amen? An abundant life, an amazing life, a life filled with purpose, a life filled with dreams, a life filled with hope, a life filled with joy. And so I, today I just want to reflect on the results of what can be if we walk in obedience with our eyes laid on Jesus, amen? With our eyes laid on the cross. We no longer have to look at the cross as a place 
or a symbol of destruction, a symbol of death. But now we look at the cross as a symbol of life. So Jesus was so locked into his purpose, even into his death, he was so in it, he was so understanding of what God did that even on the cross, ministry did not stop. We're all familiar with the crucifixion story, amen? amen. Death by crucifixion was the most heinous, heinous killing that, that has ever taken place. Anyone or anyone could encounter, um, it was a method of capital punishment in which the victim is tied and nailed to a large wooden beam and left to hang until eventual death from exhaustion and asphyxiation occurred. So basically, it was a slow, slow death. It wasn't like our deaths today where they inject you and minutes later you're, you're gone. It wasn't, it wasn't a gas chamber. It was a slow process of suffocation that Jesus endured on the cross. The crucifixion and subsequent resurrection of Jesus were central to Christianity. It is the foundation of Christianity, and the cross, although it depicts Jesus nailed to it, it also shows us that is the religious, the religious syndrome for most Christian churches, and it is the place that we come to. It is the place we know to turn to when we need to, to uh, feel the comfort and the love of Jesus. When we can look to the cross, we can remember what God did for us. Amen? So in, um, chapter, in Mark 15 to 23, according to the Rebet, sorry, I can't get this word out. Uh, according to the tradition, um, certain Jerusalem women would provide a, a sedative. So as Jesus is going to, as he's been drugged through the cross, uh, drugged through the courts, beaten, spat upon, talked about, kicked, punched, all of this. Now the cross was a symbol for, the cross was used to crucify people who had sinned, people who had done heinous crimes. And there was no fault found in Jesus, amen? We know that. We know that he was not accused, but that the people wanted to see him dead. The people were in fear of him taking over all that they had, all that they had accomplished. They were in such fear that they, they, they called for Pilate to, Pontius Pilate, to just go ahead and let's just get rid of him. Let's get rid of this problem. Let's get rid of this man. Now, here you have someone that is healing, loving, saving, doing all that God called him to be. But the people rejected it, and they wanted to free Barabbas. So Barabbas has been freed, and Jesus is now on his way to the crucifixion. And so what they would do um, at the time is that women would prepare a sedative. They would take they would take vinegar and they would take myrrh and they would make this concoction because, the, because the, the death, the crucifixion was so brutal and so hard. And so it was, it was an antidote. It was, it was a, a thing that would numb the pain that was coming forth. And as Jesus is there, as he's arriving to the cross, here are these, these women have this and the, and the soldiers offer it to him, but he doesn't take it. 
First of all, he's already probably in the most excruciating pain there is. But, he's, but he, he refused it because he wanted to feel the full effect, the full blunt of what was about to take place. And so the big ideal is that while bearing our cross, we must do as Jesus did. Amen? That there are some bitter things that we could take, that we could use to numb ourselves, that we could do. But God says, go ahead and take the full blow. Because on the other side of it is your freedom. On the other side is your joy. On the other side is your peace. And so let us look at um, Luke chapter 23. Yes, Luke chapter 23. And I just want to just briefly go over um, what took place and just point to you the ministry that was happening on the cross. Now, you know, if we stomp our toe in the right way, <laughs> oh, that is not cute. If we, if we fall and trip, it hurts. The other day I was going up to the walkway to get the trash can and me, I don't know why, why I didn't just flip the lid over, but I decided, you know, I'm just gonna push it with the lid. <laughs> the lid was flopping and my bad knee got stuck in the lid and the, the trash can fell down, and it was just like a slow motion picture, and I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm trying to catch my balance, and I had no choice but to fall on the knee that just had surgery. So I fell down, rolled over, just laid there, and thought, good Lord, how am I gonna get up? You know, thankfully, I live out in the sticks, so wasn't nobody around but the birds and the deers and everything, so I was like, ooh. And so um, I just laid there for a second, and I just was like, you know, I was in pain. And I was just like, Lord Jesus, how stupid of me. You know, I brought this on myself. But I managed to get myself up, dust myself off, and walk down. But just imagine, man, you are on your way to get killed. You're on your way to sacrifice your life. Man, you are tripping. That cross was not light. If you, if you don't come after church, if you <laughs> pick up that, it takes a couple of men to put that up. And here he is, he's bearing this cross. He's bearing the weight of the cross while beaten, black eyes, bruises, ribs maybe bruised up, body bruised, probably a tremendous headache, a crown of thorns pressed into his head, blood streaming down. And what is he doing? He's thinking about us. He's thinking about us. And so as they, so as they get to, uh, in, in, um, excuse me, Luke 23, Luke 23, verse 33, uh, and this is where we're going to pick up today. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him and the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. So here we make it to the here we make it to the hill of Golgotha, the hill of the skull, the hill, uh, the place where they were going to finalize Jesus' death. Not only his, but two criminals that deserved death. The two criminals that had murdered, the two criminals that had made capital offenses. And Jesus gets there. And to understand and grab the full picture of the crucifixion, you have to read all four narratives. 
read all the synoptic gospels because each one kind of dives in and, and when you put it all together, you get a whole picture of what happened. So in Luke, Luke is saying that they have made it to the place called Golgotha. And in verse 34, and it says, well, if you read the other, other uh, narratives, you will see that uh, someone else had to come and carry the cross for him because it, it, his body was at a weakened state. And Simeon steps in and he begins to carry the cross for, for the Savior. And they get there and they offer him this bitter wine, which he refuses. And then they begin to prepare him for the cross. This is the most horrendous thing a person could do to one another. You ever step on a tack? You ever step on a nail? Oh my goodness the pain that goes through your body. So they lay the cross on the ground and they lay our, our Savior, they, they laid him on the ground and they stretched him out. Full stretch. Opening up his rib cage. Opening up the place where we breathe. The place where we intake oxygen. Opening all of that up and then nailing hammering in a nail into each hand. And then not only that, they get to his feet and they stack his feet on top of each other and they nail his feet to the cross. Now, I don't know how tall Jesus was, but it was so much, it wasn't um, a comfortable stance because when they brought the cross up, his body slumped. When it went into the hole, it, it slumped, and he was not able to breathe. He, all, of, all of the pressure was on his organs. He could barely breathe. He was, they were gasping for air, and he's doing it for us. He's doing it because he loves us. He's going through this suffering and pain because he wants us to live an abundant life. He wants us to understand who he is, and what he has offered us through our salvation. So, in Luke 23 and 34, Jesus makes the most profound statement. He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, and they cast lots to divide his garments. How many of you have ever been in a situation being talked about, being beat, in a fight, and you stop and take the time to say, Father, forgive them, for they know not what to do. When your name has been scandalized, when you have been drugged through the city, when you have been talked about, disgraced, beard plucked, crown of thorns, bleeding, hands bleeding, outstretched, he raises up to catch a breath and he says, Father, Forgive them, for they know not what they do. So what he's doing here is that he is showing ministry right there. He is ministering to those soldiers that are killing him. He is ministering to the soldiers that are putting them on the cross. I'm sure there was all kinds of conversation that was going on that was only in earshot between them and Jesus. They were mocking him. They were calling him names. They were just recklessly cutting through his skin, pounding through his skin. And through all of that, they get him raised up 
And he says, the first word out of his mouth is, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, the cross, Jesus bore the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. So he's ministering twofold. He's ministering and asking forgiveness for his accusers, for the ones that are killing him. And at the same time, he is taking on, beginning to take on the sins of the world, to take on our transgressions so that we can be saved. And so must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. So while, by, while bearing our crosses, we must forget. We must forgive. Amen? That's point one. While bearing our crosses, we must learn and, uh, to forgive. Even right now, we have oughts against brothers, against sisters, against family. We have people that just straight up irritate us. We see them and we roll our eyes. You know, we, we have issues that we have yet to properly deal with that we have, we have yet to go and have a conversation. Just as Christ had a conversation or spoke so that the, the soldiers could hear him and ask God to forgive them, we too have to ask God to forgive our brothers and our sisters. Forgive the offenses that have come against us because at the end of the day, it just does not matter. At the end of the day, Christ is looking to be glorified. So we can go out and we can witness and we can worship and we can do all these things. But if there is unforgiveness in our heart, then the Lord cannot accept us in the fullness, cannot pour out the fullness of us. So the cross was an emptying of, of Jesus' humanity. Although he was fully God and knew that he was fully God, humanity was in his ear. The enemy was in his ear. And he was telling him, you can handle this. You can do this. Don't allow this to happen. You're the son of God. And so he's, he's waving back and forth of, do I want to carry this cross? Do I want to be the Christian? Do I want to be the bigger person in the room? Do I want to offer forgiveness for someone that has wrongly offended me? To give forgiveness to the one who has hurt me, who has scandalized my name? The one that ruined my career <laughs> for the divorce I went through when she took everything I had ever accomplished and she was the one having the affair? Do I have that type of forgiveness within me? Yes, you do. Yes, we do. Because of the precious Holy Spirit that lives within us, we have to go above. Amen? We have to take the higher road and begin to forgive those who have trespassed against us. So in this, we see Jesus on the cross, bloodied, barely gasping for a breath to address the men that had just put him and nailed him to the cross. So at the cross, ministry was going on because Jesus asked the Father to forgive them. As we drop down into Luke chapter 43, we see another word that was uttered from the cross. And it is in, found in verse 43. And he said to him, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. 
And so as Jesus is there and the crowd is there and the two thieves are by his side, hanging side by side, they're struggling too. But one of them begins to mock Jesus. One of them begins to, uh, to talk about him. Oh, if you're this king of the Jews, if you're this great I am, if you're the son of God, man, what are, what are you doing up here? Save me. Save us. Let's, let's get out of this situation. You have the power, so you say, to save me. You have the power to take care of all of this. Tap into that power you keep talking about. I heard about you on the streets, saving people, raising people from the dead, healing the lepers, and now you're hanging on a cross? Who, what, who, who really, who are you really? And so he's provoking Jesus to get into his flesh. He's provoking Jesus to step out of his deity and step into his flesh. If it had been us, we would have been, you know, I, you guys, we, 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 I don't know where we'd be because if it was me, I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm be honest with you. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I can give my life for someone. But Jesus stood there, hallelujah, and gave his life for us. So while bearing our cross, we must be a witness to the lost. Amen? While bearing our cross, while going through hardships, while going through t turmoil, while going through persecution, we have to be a witness to the lost. And so you, here you have one thief that is just going in on him, badgering him, trying to get him to step into humanity. And Jesus doesn't say anything. He's just hanging on that cross, not saying a mumbling word. I don't have to, I don't have to explain this. I don't have to explain anything to you. All I have to do is keep my eyes focused on the reason why I'm here. So the other thief addresses him and says, man, chill out. Do you know who you're talking to? Man, you, we, we deserve to be up here. I know I did what I did, and I know you did what you did. We used to run, they might, you, we used to run the streets, streets together. We deserve this injustice. We deserve this cross. But this man has done absolutely nothing. There was no fault found in him. There was no wrong found in him. But yet and still, they crucified him. And so he just simply says, remember me when you enter into glory. Hallelujah. And Jesus said to him, today, you will be with me in paradise. It was a guarantee. It's not a maybe, but he said, today, you will be with me in paradise. Can you imagine the heart change in that man to know that he would enter into heaven with the Christ? He would enter into glory with the Christ. So while on our cross, we must be witnesses to what God has called us to do. While in our difficult situations, while being talked about, we have to remain witnesses of what God has called us to be. And so my last uh, point is found in John chapter 19, verse 26 and 27. It is the third utterance uh, that Jesus had when he was on the cross. 
Now imagine him on the cross. The crowd is over. People are coming in and going, just, you know, kind of listening to what's going on, seeing for themselves what was going on. And the woman had stood at a distance. His mother, Mary Magdalene, Mary, all four women were there with him. And he was looking at them. Can you imagine looking at your child or looking at your mother while you were being crucified, seeing that pain wrenching through their bodies, the sorrow that was there? And so they get a, they're able to get close enough to the cross. And uh, John is there, the beloved disciple as John is there. And Jesus lifts up again to just catch enough breath to say, when Jesus saw his mother... And the disciple whom he loved, standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciples took her to his home. While bearing our cross, we must show genuine concern to each other and for each other. Even though we're going through we must realize that we're not alone, that there are others who are going through the same things that we're going through. As we're dealing with this pandemic, as we're dealing with wars and we're dealing with earthquakes and dealing with political uh, craziness, when we're dealing with all of these things, we have to realize it's just not us going through. It's just not us, but it's everyone. The earth right now is toiling and trembling and groaning for the sons of men to arise, for the sons of men to get back into their proper place. And Jesus sees his mother travailing. He sees his mother weeping. He sees his mother in pain, in wrenching pain. And so understanding the law, Jesus knows that being the firstborn, he was the one responsible for the care of his mother. He was the one that was responsible to make sure that she would be okay. Joseph has gone on. Joseph has died, and so she is a widow. And so Jesus takes the time to assure his mother, I got you, mama. I got you. I love you, mama. But I got to go. I want to come off the cross. My flesh wants to come off the cross. But all the conversations we had over the breakfast table, all the conversations that we've had over the years. Mom, you know I got to do this. You know I, I have to do this. I know that you don't want to see me die, but I got I to gotta go. But I've, I've chosen my beloved brother in Christ, my friend, the one who flows out of my heart. He is going to look after you, and I want you to look after him. So while on the cross, we must show genuine care for each other. Whatever your circumstance may be, whatever predicament you might find yourself in, there is still ministry in your pain. There is ministry that can happen and take place through all that you are going through. I've seen people that have gone through tremendous situations, cancer, uh, loss of limbs, leukemia, heart attacks, trying to recover, trying to do, uh, to, to, trying to will themselves forth. And you would be amazed at their strength, their care for others. 
It's almost as if I'm going to get up out this bed and continue my journey. I'm going to move past this situation and continue to be all that God has had and called me to be. So as we walk through and we look at this cross, we have to remember that we have to have concern over the least fortunate, over our widows, over, over those that are having uh, just a, a rough patch in life, that God wants us to be concerned about it. I'm so proud of our homeless initiative because we're showing concern for those that have been displaced. I'm so proud of restoration because it's a house that restores, a house that does not judge, a house that understands we all fall on hard times. We all make mistakes, but when we focus on the cross, we can be as Jesus, as Jesus did. We can be that person. We can be that one that allows the Holy Spirit to use us in such a profound way, even on the brink of death. So some of us have situations that look real dead, we got issues that look like there's not an answer. But I want you this morning to understand that Jesus overcame it all. And we're going to talk about that next week. We're going to talk about the resurrection. We're going to talk about how God raised him from the dead and how God can raise those issues from you. But first, you must take the posture of the cross. You must take the posture of the cross. You must bear the cross. You must understand and walk like Jesus did. Through all of those circumstances, he never disconnected from the Father. For, but for one moment, he was disconnected. And that was, we'll talk about that when the, when the sin of the world fell upon him. But God says to you and he says to me, I gave you the power and I gave you the strength to bear the cross. So we are God's representatives. We are Christ's representatives. And through, the, 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 through our salvation and through the Holy Spirit, we can bear the cross. Amen? Amen? We can bear the cross today. Hallelujah. You can bear the cross because you have everything within you. Amen? To show forgiveness. Amen? Everything within you to invite somebody and be a witness and invite someone to uh, receive the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior, and, the, the, and to be concerned about people, to be genuinely concerned. So this morning, I just encourage you to read that story, read the narrative, read all four of the gospel, the gospel narratives of what Christ endured on the cross, and know that you too can endure whatever situation you have going on with you right now, because we are born of the Father, we were sent here on assignment and we want to enter heaven in triumphant glory saying God I, 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 I accomplished what you said and this morning if you are not on track if you do not understand what your purpose is why you're here why you're going through things I encourage you this morning to get to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior amen can we stand in the presence of the Lord this morning Hallelujah, hallelujah. Maybe you've had some really rough patches. Maybe you haven't been uh, the one willing to deal with the, the situations that are coming into your life. Maybe you're not dealing with them 
in the correct way. Maybe you've been the one that has been crying out for relief. This Christian walk is not all about the relief, but it's about the test. It's about the things that we go through. It's about walking in obedience. So this morning, I just want to invite you, whether you have not met this Savior, uh, this per Jesus Christ is your personal Lord and Savior, you haven't invited him into your heart, or maybe you have and you've backslidden and you just don't, you know, know how to get back on track. This morning, his presence is in the room. This morning, he's offering salvation. He's offering forgiveness. Amen. He's offering you an abundant life. So this morning, if you are watching us online and you want to get to know this Savior, this man that bore the cross for you, just put it in the chat. Just connect with the chat and someone will connect with you. If you are here in person, amen, we just tell you to come up front, amen. We just invite our, our, our ministers, our elders are up front. If you want to get to know this personal Savior, if you want to get to know Jesus so that you too can bear your cross, bear the things that you're going through, we offer you salvation this morning through the greatest gift of all. And that is the Holy Spirit. That is the salvation of our Lord and Savior. Father God, we thank you for the word this morning, God. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for the one who bore our sins, God. We thank you for the one that made the choice to be obedient to death, to be obedient to the death on a cross, God, so that we can have eternal life. So this morning, we, we lift our hands in worship and praise and adoration, thanking you, God, thanking you, God, for all that you did for us. Father God, we resolve right now, Lord, to take a look at those passages of Scripture during this Holy Week, confessing our sins, realizing our shortfalls, and turning back to you so that we can have impact on this world, impact in our homes, impact in our workplaces, impact in the marketplaces, God, that we are truly restored because of your love. And as a house of restoration, God, we want people to come and be restored to you so that we can do the great and marvelous things of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we bless you this morning. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand praise. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We want to thank you this morning for coming. We want to invite you out on Wednesday. Amen. Our young adults will be uh, having, uh, will be doing the Wednesday night service, but we want to invite you out to come and reconnect with us. Amen. We are back, we are on, uh, we are back and we are live. And just one more thing, tomorrow, if you are able, men, this is really for the men, if you are able to come and help, we are in desperate need of some more hands as we erect our uh, pallet homes tomorrow. Erection begins and we will have, uh, by this time next week, you will see a whole new look over there, a place where people can have warmth, amen? A place where people can put things on, on the shelf, hang things up, have HVAC, amen, have heating. Hallelujah. We are restoring our community back to Christ. And we invite you to come and help.
keep us in prayer as we go throughout this week and make sure that you witness to somebody make sure you forgive somebody make sure you comfort somebody amen just as jesus did god bless you i love you may his peace be with you amen